Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. Today, we're here to talk about compensation trends. So every year, MRA conducts a compensation study to look at compensation and pay from strategy to pay adjustments to market data to putting it all together with communication and transparency. And in addition to publishing the survey results, we also offer a webinar to talk about these results and share current trends and data, which we just got done with. (laughs) So today, our podcast listeners are getting kind of a special behind-the-scenes look at the survey data, as well as the opportunity to hear from two compensation experts and their takeaways from the webinar, and also questions that they were asked today. So let me introduce you to our experts, Mackenzie Button, MRA's Total Rewards Director, and Melissa Weimer, our Surveys Manager at MRA. So thank you to you two for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Well, let's just dive right in into the first question. So we actually conducted a poll on social media right before this ComTrends webinar, and we asked organizations, what are your top concerns surrounding compensations and its trends? And we actually got 53% to say that their top concern was on compensation strategy. So first, let's kind of talk a little bit about compensation strategy. Mackenzie, can you define what is a good strategy? Sure. So um, it's kind of funny that the 53% said that that was their top concern because I think Melissa knows from the Comp Trends survey that that was probably about the number that said they actually had yes. a strategy. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we did see about half the um, respondents saying they had an actual compensation strategy. So um, first thing is to know that one might need to exist. <laughs> and then um, when we work through our different projects and helping people figure out what a strategy might be, we want to look at things like your um, market position, how you internally value your jobs, figure out things for geography, if it matters or not to your organization, um, internal, external equity, you know, frequency of updates, and, mm-hmm. and figuring out how all those things align, when, you know, how often you want to do things. So having a strategy has all those different steps in it, and you want to have it aligned with leadership too. So understanding across the organization what a strategy might be and um, how it might impact your organization's overall strategy. For sure. Kind of diving a little deeper into that question, what impact does getting your compensation right have for employers? So I think it is, um, it can do a lot of different things for an organization. So um, you can get the right candidates for your group with the right amount of money. It doesn't necessarily have to be above or below market, but having a good package that you put together um, does, might not scare people away. And then it also can help retain, retain your, your employees and help them um, you know, be successful and be motivated to, to help your organization thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Good answer. (laughs) So Emory conducts this annual compensation trend survey, as we said, about this time of year to help employers start planning for the year ahead. So, Melissa, I'm curious regarding the survey itself. Was there anything that really surprised you with any of the data results? Actually, no. Looking at the results from an HR perspective, Mm -hmm. I was not shocked. 
by the results. You know, patriotsparency continues to be a hot topic. Some of our respondents have a pay strategy, some do not. So it is interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. So Mackenzie, I know you've done this for a couple of years now, this <laughs> event. So I'm, I'm curious to know how the compensation trends have kind of evolved in recent years. Sure. So I think a couple years ago, we tried to have a title called something along the lines of the power of pay transparency. I think we might have used it um, a year recently, um, more recent than that. But that's something pay transparency was an anomaly for a very long time. People in the public sector or using public funds often would see some pay transparency um, within their ranges. People might know what's going on, but now it's way more in the forefront. So yeah. Melissa saw it in her um, data from the survey that people are becoming more open, organizations are more open to pay transparency. Um, and then employers are having to react to that. So if you have pay transparency, you have to have typically a range or something to anchor your jobs to and not just the person. Mm -hmm. So we, we still hear organizations say, you know, we ask them, how do you determine how much to pay someone? And they say, well, we looked at how much the last person made and, you know, we try to align it with the last person in the job versus looking at it um, from a market perspective for a job versus a person. So pay transparency is making people do a lot of things differently. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's good for organizations to get their strategies aligned. Mm -hmm, absolutely. We're getting some data out there, some numbers out there. According to this year's survey, 95% of respondents gave pay increases in the last 12 months. And respondents who provided increases over the last 12 months reported issuing an average 4.5% increase, which seems like a pretty large increase. So I guess the question everyone and our listeners are probably wondering is, what can we expect for next year, that percentage? Yes. So we did see pretty much an outrageous amount uh, given COVID I and mean, we're still dealing with the effects of COVID and retaining talent, but also recruiting because remote work really is the way to go. <laughs> and so we have to find ways to incentivize them to come to the office. So we're expecting because the economy is stabilizing a little bit more, we are expecting it to lower down to 3.8%, which is actually the current national average. Oh, okay. So with that being said, um, the 4% is actually not as outrageous compared to other sources that we use. So like World of Work is around 4%, um, Wills Tower Watts is around 4%, and then one of our other um, companies that we look at is actually closer to the 3.8%. Gotcha, okay. Can I add something? Absolutely. Too. <laughs> so um, when uh, we talk about it in the, our compensation roundtable. Um, this month, we were talking about how um, the surveys last year, I think everyone predicted their budgets were going to be around 4%, maybe 3.8%. And but what they really did was that 4.5%. So people weren't able to stick to their budgets. Um, they gave a little bit more than what they were planning on. So this year, seeing that the numbers are still around the same, we'll see if people are able to, you know, organizations need to give a little bit more outside of their predicted budgets for the year too. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The days of three percent increases are long over. I mean not that they were that great back prior to COVID. <laughs> I know a lot of my employees were like, oh, this is a cost of living increase, not a merit increase. Uh so I I don't foresee us getting back down to the three percent 
but probably more that mid three to upper four. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and with anything, you're going to have a, a range, yeah, depending on your compensation strategy, right? If you're going to do merit increases, what's important for those for those increases? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, what does your budget look like? Yeah, and nonprofits are going to have a hard time competing with that. I came from a nonprofit, and doing 4% was just not in the budget. Really? Especially if you're grant-funded. Mm-hmm. So in our webinar today, we got a ton of chat questions. I think we got over like 40. Yes. <laughs> so today I'm just, I pulled out a few of them to go over. So first one says, regarding aggregators, some comp professionals do recommend them, but the caution was just given to not rely solely on these. Pay factors, comp analysts, et cetera, pur purchase the trusted surveys to create their data sets. So how often do you see a truly significant difference in the aggregated data and the trusted source data? Anyone can take this one. <laughs> so I think for the um, for the aggregators, they yeah they can be good, but um, even with any survey source, they uh, not every job is going to be in there for every different survey cut. And being able to fill in the gaps with an algorithm, um, that's where you know we usually want to dig in and see how many people have reported on it in this area. So if there's you know, what's your number you use? What's the five. five or more? Then we can respond on the data cut. Um, so the the aggregators will be saying there might be zero people that have responded, but they're able to report on the data point. So it's just making sure you're using them with um, you know with some caution and with your eyes open and seeing if you know the data seems too good to be true. Um, there probably aren't people reporting on it. There might not even be those industries in the area. Right. Uh, just make sure you're looking at other sources too to to align that um, that you can validate with participants and, and numbers. So there was also a lot of chat questions around aging data. Yes. So one of them was, what percentage do you use to age data? Oh, this is always a fun question because there's two factors when considering it. Um, you want to know what the percentage, which is typically aligned to the average market, salary increase, and then the desired date you want to use. If you plan to update your salary ranges in 2024, and the salary survey effective date is March of 2023, using a 4% as a market average salary increase, that data would be aged around 3.3%. The formula is usually 10 divided by 12 times 0.4. So there's a fun little formula for it. And we also have that formula on our website for members to use. Okay, well, we'll include that in the resources then. <laughs> <laughs> so another question we got was, as pay transparency becomes more common, we'll start to see salary ranges included in job postings more often. So do you anticipate this becoming a more valid data source as more companies transition to open communication regarding um, positions and ranges? So I think Melissa has the good point to talk about, like the, we have the, the data points of like the five different levels of transparency. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is like, do you do you tell your employees about what's on more than just on their paycheck? Do you train your employees on it? So it's one thing to actually be proactive and train them on this points. And the other perspective is we post it and they have to go looking for it. And then they might come ask questions. So are you proactive about it with the pay transparency if you have to post it? Or are you, um, you know, more reactive because people see, you know, you're not sending them links to the job that they're in that you're hiring for, but you know, you have to be reactive if they mm -hmm. see it. Yeah, uh, McKinsey brings up a really good point because I know before even Ohio, I mean, Cincinnati was probably within the timing, but some of our major cities in Ohio are having their position, their pay 
stale uh, <laughs> posted. And it did cause a lot of um, issues and lowered morale, especially when it came to someone just job hunting and then they stumble upon, oh, my company's hiring. Oh, I make way less than that. Oh, good point. <laughs> so being able to have that tough conversation and mentally prepare your staff. Um, I know with us, it was difficult to have those conversations, but also being transparent in, hey, yes, we know you're underpaid. This is our plan to correct that. Mm -hmm. And just being open. And I always like to say, if you have a range, try to stick within it, right? So if people do see those ranges posted and they're below the minimum, um, then that's definitely something you should be reviewing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap up today, um, Mackenzie, I know you talked about some hot trends in your webinar. So can you end us with some of those hot trends for 2024 <laughs> in relation to compensation? Yeah, so we already talked too much about AI, and we're still all learning about that, too. Um, but from the total rewards perspective, we are seeing, yeah, that shift, that big thing, the shifting from what what are we spending our money on? And is it what our employees want us to be spending our money on? So Melissa and I talked about the, you know, polling your your um, employees to see what's important to them. And then um, I think when we had one of the questions in the chat about being, you know, what are some, some lower cost options or ones that aren't hitting the budget too hard that can really motivate employees or attract the right candidates. Mm -hmm. So we think that balance of um, compensation benefits, uh, the work-life balance, the four different, you know, quadrants that we talk about when we look at total rewards, total compensation, you know, it's really balancing those things out um, to, keep your workforce happy and um, getting the right people to work for you. Oh. Some good trends to keep in the back of your head. Yeah. Well, thank you both for coming on to the podcast today and great job with the webinar. I appreciate both of you. And to our listeners, if you liked our chat and topic today, I would urge you to share out this episode. Consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. We have all the resources you need in the show notes below, including resources from today. Um, otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in today and thank you both and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks. Thanks. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30 Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.